All right, today we're talking about faith. Faith. Faith is beyond believing. A lot of people think that those two words, faith and belief, can be used interchangeably. Have faith in God, believe in God. But that's not true. They're different and it's important. And so let's talk about it today. You see, to believe in God is to decide that He is who He says He is. Not who I say He is, not who you say He is. You ever met somebody that just wanted to tell you who you were? And you're like, how do you, you don't even know me. You don't know my thoughts. You don't really understand my thoughts. I've had somebody try to tell me who they think I was, and I was like, wow, that's completely different than who I am. And how many times do we do that with God? Oh, this is who he is. Well, and if he's not this, this is who he ought to be. You see, to believe is to say, you know what? I'm going to decide that he is who he says he is, not who I say he is, who he says he is. And it's more than that, that he likes and what he doesn't like and what he does. That these are the things that God is. This is what he likes, this is what he doesn't like, and this is what he does. That I'm going to believe that these are the things that he says, and that these are the things that he likes and doesn't like. And more than that, that he does what he knows is best. That he does what he knows is best to say, you know what, God, you're infinite, you know all things, you're, you're completely knowledgeable about the future and all of the things that need to be done. And so I'm going to trust you with what you know is best. That's hard to do sometimes, isn't it? But that's belief. That's belief in God being sovereign, God being awesome, and knowing that even if something bad happens, he's going to turn it out for something good. That's belief. But faith is different than that. Faith is different. To have faith in God is to decide that because I believe, this is what I'll do. Faith is doing something based upon your belief. In other words, I act on who God says I am, but even more than that, who He says He is. I act on it. Faith is action. Faith is a verb. Faith is I do what God likes and don't do what God doesn't like. What's the problem? Why don't we do some things that God likes? What's the, why do we do some things that God doesn't like? Because sometimes we lack in belief. Anybody ever been there? Remember the guy that told Jesus, he said, I believe, but help me with my unbelief. I would do something if I truly believed and I want to believe. Anybody ever wanted to believe something and you, you just couldn't get there? So Faith is saying, all right, I'm going to act on what I do believe. It's also, I trust and follow his directives no matter what he does. Faith is, I'm going to follow him and walk with him even though. I mean, there were times that the disciples had to walk in faith when they didn't even believe Jesus was God. What do you mean, John? Well, let me tell you, there was a time that this whole huge crowd had followed Jesus across and, and knew that he was going to teach there because he had fed the 5,000 previously, and they wanted to come and get some food. And so they're there, and Jesus, Jesus is there, and he starts, starts to teach, and he gets up, and he says, 
you know what, guys, if you, if you want to come to my kingdom today, this, or if you want to come to my kingdom, here's what you have to do. You have to eat my flesh and drink my blood. And everybody's like, what? And he looks over at the disciples, and all the people are dissipating. They're going away. Everybody's walking away, and Jesus is like, yeah, that's right. You've got to eat my flesh and drink my blood if you want to be a part of the kingdom of God. Jesus was calling them out because they didn't believe. They just wanted a free meal, and they wanted to see the show that was happening today. And he was calling them out on it. And so what happened? He looked over at the disciples, and the disciples were like, this is crazy. And Jesus looked at him and he says, you guys want to go too? And here's what Peter said. I don't have a clue what you just did and why. <laughs> but you're God. I have to believe. Even though his flesh was saying, not God. He had to say, you know what? I believe. And what did he do? He had to walk and follow in faith, even though he struggled at that moment. All of the disciples did. Faith is, you know what? I'm going to decide what I'm going to believe and I'm going to do something about it. And faith is also this. I keep coming back to him because I know he loves me. Since, you have, since you've come to Christ, how many of you have fallen into sin at some point? Five of six, seven, eight of us, nine, ten, okay. All of us. How many of you kept coming back to him? Yeah. Why? Because of what we believe. And we have faith. Faith is that action to keep going no matter what. Faith is what I do because I believe. Because I believe. Many believe there's no hope for their life. So instead of doing things that make life better... They do make things that make life worse. When we don't have hope, if you don't believe you have hope, you end up not doing something that makes life better. And it's just the opposite. We start doing things that make life worse. Now listen, if you want to have hope in your life, start doing things that make your life better. And you'll have hope. But what's really happening is, we're doing what we believe when we start drinking or taking drugs or something that makes our lives worse so that we can feel better for the moment. What happens? We're doing something based upon our belief. So what do we have to do? We have to change our belief from, from believing in that. See, what happens is, is we put our faith in pills, right? We put our faith there, so we start using it in order for us to feel better. That's faith. You're acting upon something you believe. I believe this is going to make me feel better, so I'm going to have faith that I'm going to do something about it. And so we've got to switch that over to, I have faith that God is going to help me. I have faith, or I believe that God is going to help me. I believe that he's going to do something good in my life, and therefore I'm going to act on it for the rest of my life because that's what I choose to believe. A lot of people believe that this life is about getting all we can while the getting is good. We call that gluttony. I'm going to get all that I can while the getting is good, right? And we're on hyperspeed, trying to get as much as we can, trying to, trying to get, get our bucket list done before, it's, before life is done. And we try everything, but we never commit to anything really good. I need it all. I want it all. I believe I, if I had it all, I would feel better. 
And by faith, what do we do? We go after it. If I believe that all that stuff is going to bring happiness and peace and hope to my heart, by faith, I go after it because of what we believe. Others believe in creation, but not the creator. Sure, it's easy to believe that there's iron and ore and copper and air and that we breathe and we use all these things and it's easy to believe that all of these things exist. We believe in creation without the creator and what happens in that situation is God gave us all these things so that we could connect with him through them and to pour our lives into these things without actually trusting in the creator is misplaced faith. We're believing in the the tangible stuff as opposed to the one who created the tangible stuff. He wants us to believe in him. And imagine how far science would be. Imagine how far we would be in all of the things that we have if we would actually believe in the creator that created all of these things. Instead of coming up with other stories that leave him out of the story, right? Many believe that God is just a supplemental vitamin in life. So we believe he's just a supplemental vitamin. What does that mean? It just means, well, I need a couple of doses of him a month. What am I saying? Because I believe he's just a supplemental vitamin, I'm not going to make him about my whole life. I'm not going to make my whole life about him. I'm just going to use him a couple of times a month to take what I need, just to get me by. I just want to get to heaven. That's all that matters. Just going to use him as a supplemental vitamin. What does God say? He says, no. I'm not just a supplemental vitamin. I'm everything. You need me all the time. Others believe that God is a genie in the bottle. You ever seen that? Your wish is my command. God, I want you to do this. I need a new car. New car. God, I need... Need a beautiful woman. Beautiful woman. Didn't say she'd be nice. God, I need. <laughs> you know, we, we rub the bottle and we and we think if we pray and really believe that God the genie is going to give us what we want. And then sometimes we'll even we'll even do stuff to kind of twist his arm. And and we'll even have preachers teach us that you know what, you just didn't believe enough. You didn't twist his arm enough. You see, what we believe affects what we do. And it's so important to believe the right stuff. Otherwise, what we do, see, it all comes out in translation. We have to be careful. And here's a principle that I hope each of us can embrace today. True faith is based on the reality of who God is, what he likes, and what he does. It's not based upon what you think about him. It's based upon who he says he is, what he likes, and what he does. He's sovereign. He's God. Let's let him teach us who he is. Right? Listen, if, you're, if your perception of God is skewed, your acts of faith are going to be skewed. If your perception of who He is is skewed, your acts of faith are going to be skewed. Why? Because we do what we believe. If you believe God is some big, angry 
God that hates anyone that's not in your religion, then you can do what happened on 9-11. You can go and you can blow people up because you think you're serving God. If that's who you think he is, your act of faith will be based upon that, right? That's what you'll do. If you believe God is in everything, he's in the trees, he's in the wood, he's in the the weeds, he's in the insects, God is the cows, God is the dirt, then you're going to really just try to just find a place to sit on earth without hurting God and just hum the rest of your life because you're afraid you're going to sit on him or walk on him or stand on him. Because why? That's what you believe. And God says, no, no, that's not what I want you to believe about me. You see, this is why church is so important that we get together and we discuss who God is, what he likes and what he doesn't like so that we can work together on these things. Church is about getting to know these things about God so that we don't have a skewed perception of who he is. And we've got to work together to get these things right. Well, but uh, John, I can read the Bible on my own and I can figure it out. Okay. Well, why is that a problem? Because of this. Here's the problem. Everything that enters into your eyes, your ears, everything that you read, everything that you taste, and everything that you touch, everything that you smell, is filtered through what God calls a corrupt heart. Jeremiah wrote this. He said, the human heart, how many of you got a human heart? The human heart is the most deceitful above all things. Above all things, your heart is deceitful. Now, is that what Lifetime teaches us? Is that what Hallmark teaches us? What do we hear on Hallmark? Follow your heart, right? And what does the scripture say? It says, it is deceitful, the most deceitful above all things and desperately Who really knows how bad it is? So everything that comes into your body, into your mind, into your eyes, your ears, and all of that is filtered through your corrupt heart. Now listen, it would be easy to read and believe that God is some big, ego-driven, angry, murdering monster. And if you want to believe that, you could absolutely do that. You can read throughout the Old Testament and go, holy cow, God did this? What a mean and angry and ugly monster this guy is. This is ridiculous. I don't ever want to know him. But then we get to Jesus in the New Testament and we think, oh, what a wonderful, loving person. You don't understand. That's the same Jesus that was all throughout the Old Testament. Same God. And so understanding who he is is so important and believing in who he says he is is so important so that your acts of faith align up with things that God actually likes and doesn't like. Someone can read that God is very ceremonially driven, ritualistic, and that he wants a quiet and meditated worship service. I don't know about you, but I don't want that. But some could read that. You see, that may be the kind of religion that you want, but you've got to remember, we aren't after what you want, and you're not after what I want. We're not after what each other wants. We're after what he wants. 
Picture heaven with me for just a moment. Do you think it's... Um, probably not. Absolutely beautiful. Music. Singing. Joy. Peace. Excitement. Can you imagine what that place must be like? And at some level, that's our responsibility to create that on earth, isn't it? To get to know who he is, what he likes, and say, all right, God, we're going after it with all of our hearts, what you want. So what does the Bible say about this? Well, first, when Jesus came to earth, he came to show us who he is. He came to show us what he likes. And he came to show us what he does. If we just look at his life, we get to know him. So what, is the, what does the Bible say faith is? Faith is this. It's the tangible part of our belief. You know what tangible is, right? It's the, what we can touch. It's the tangible part of what we believe. Look at the scripture, Hebrews 11. Now faith is the substance, all right? Substance, what is that? It's tangible. It's what we can touch. Substance. Faith is the substance of things Hope for. Can you touch hope? Can't touch hope, right? You can feel it emotionally, but you can't touch it, right? So it's the substance, it's the tangible of things hoped for, the intangible, and the evidence, what is that? It's tangible, right? It's touchable. It's the substance. It's evidence of things not seen. If you can't see it, But it's evidence that something is there that you can't see. That's faith. What is he saying? It's the substance, it's the tangible of what you believe. Faith is also our opportunity to please God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe. This is where your belief is. Believe he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So that's what faith is. It's an opportunity to please God. It says it's impossible to please God without faith. So faith is your opportunity to please God. And when you believe in God, you look for opportunities to please Him, don't you? And when you take that opportunity and you work it, you have taken a step of faith. When you find something that God likes and you say, all right, I'm going to do that, that's a wonderful step of faith that you've taken so that you can please God. Because why? You found out that God likes it. Peter wanted to please Jesus so bad. Y'all remember the stories of the Apostle Peter. He so badly wanted to please Jesus. He looked for every opportunity that he could to say something, to do something. And so often he just stuck his foot in his mouth and he did the wrong thing. Anybody like Peter? Mm-hmm. And this is why Jesus, I believe Jesus gave him the primary role in the starting of the New Testament church. Because Peter really wanted to please Jesus. Peter was always looking for a way to please him. But Peter's ability to please God was filtered through a corrupt heart. Peter had the same problem that you and I have, right? His own value system. And, and he believed that he knew what was right, but he, he, it was, it was, his perception was skewed because of his corrupt heart. Uh, remember the situation in the garden 
Jesus had been praying. It was the night that Jesus was betrayed and the guards came and they were there to arrest Jesus. What did Peter do? He's like, I know what God wants me to do. I'm going to please him. And he, he cut off one of the guys, one of the, the soldiers' ears. I know exactly what God would do. God would want me to cut off this guy's ear. And Jesus is like, seriously, you just did that? This is supposed to happen, Peter. This is what God wants me to do, right? I want, I'm supposed to die tomorrow, okay? So chill. And Jesus reached down and he put the guy's ear back on and he fixed it. And he's like, Peter, you'll need the sword later. Just put it away for now, all right? Let me be arrested. And Peter was, he was, he was distraught. He was like, what? I was willing to die for God just now. I was willing to stop this travesty before it even got started. I was willing to die for God. But that's not what God wanted. God had a different plan. What happened? What he saw happening was filtered through his corrupt heart. And he missed it. Right? Remember the mountain of transfiguration? Uh, when they went up on the mountain of transfiguration where Jesus was transfigured, this amazing moment, you know, Jesus is like glowing and bright and Moses and Elijah are there and they're like bright, bright white color. And he hears the voice of God and Peter steps up and he's like, oh, hey, Jesus, uh, we're going to set up some tents up here and we're going to build a church up here where people can come and work and it's going to be a wonderful place. And Jesus was like, and it was, it was really an amazing, funny moment if you read it, because all of a sudden, God was just, the Father was gone, and everything, all the brightness went away, and everything just shut down. Peter just shut everything down. Why? Because what was happening in front of him spiritually was filtered through a corrupt heart. So we have to understand that our corrupt heart messes up our perception so often of what's really happening. And with God, it's so important for us to hear what he says he is, who he is, what he likes, and what he does. And we've got to work that out together. Otherwise, my heart's going to be, it's going to miss it. And yours is going to miss it. And what's going to happen? We're going to mess things up. We've got to work together at this. It's called faith, doing things God's way in God's time. So we have to know what's important to God. What is the most important thing to God? Some would say faith. Got to have faith. Some churches are built around that whole concept. Faith is the most important thing to God. Take a step of faith. Act on faith. Pray a prayer in faith. Is that the most important thing to God? It's not. What is? Love. Love. And if you obey him, you love him, right? 1 Corinthians chapter 13, how does it end? When it's all said and done, there are faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Right? 
So 1 Corinthians 13, it's called the love chapter, right? We'll read it at weddings as though it's just so romantic. Love is patient. Love is kind. All of it, right? And this couple, they're, they're hearing this, and this is wonderful. This is what our, the rest of our lives are going to be like. But before we get to love is patient, love is kind, it's really interesting what's written here in 1 Corinthians 13. If you want to look at it, you can. Here's what he says. He says that you have the ability to speak the language of men and of angels, beautiful language, that you could actually prophesy all mysteries and knowledge just you could actually just have an amazing amount of of knowledge and understanding of the future and all of that you could actually do that he says you could actually speak to a mountain and say mountain i want you to move from here to over there and it would be done that you could have faith to do that and that you could have faith to give all you possess to the poor Everything that you own, that you could sell it and give it all to the poor. You could have faith to do that if that's what you believed God wanted you to do. That, that's exactly what God wants you to do. He wants you to speak to mountains. He wants you to speak mysteries and all of those things. And he wants you to, excuse me, sell all that you've got and give it to the poor. He says you could even be killed for what you believe. You could become a martyr for what you believe. You could let yourself die because you believe in something about God. And he says this, you could get all of that done without love and have accomplished absolutely nothing. So faith isn't love. Faith is what you do based upon what you believe. And if you don't understand that God is love, that God's love is powerful and awesome and amazing, if you don't understand God's love and how it actually operates, your faith is going to be skewed. You could speak to a mountain and ruin people's lives, right? And so without love, we can really mess up things. If I don't do these things in love, I've missed the whole point. Listen, if my belief is wrong, my steps of faith are going to be wrong too. If your belief is off, you've got to, your, your steps of faith are going to be off too. God says how you treat others is, is very important to him, doesn't he? He says, do you love them? God says making an offering, bringing, it, bringing something to him that, that you feel. He says that means a lot to him. That means a whole lot to him. Why? Because you choose to love him. But if you bring an offering and you don't, you don't love him, he's like, what are you trying to do? Why are you giving that to me? God says, trusting him because you love him means something to him. God says, believing that you're taken care of so much that you can go out and take care of others without worrying about yourself. That's called love. That's love. But, and God says, sharing your story with others because you love him and because you love those people, that's important. That's important to him. God says, obeying him even when you don't want to. Why? Because you love him. Following him even when you don't want to because you love him. Following him even when you don't understand what he just did or why he's doing it because you love him. That's love. 
God says, trusting him, even with your handicaps in life, even with your weaknesses in life, that's love. Love. In other words, don't try to appease God. Please him. Try to please him. Huge difference. People who try to appease God by paying their tithe, not giving to him because of love, that's a problem. You give because you love him. And if I try to twist your arm and get you to give without love, please, please, please run from me. Are you guys following me? You give because you love God, not to appease him. Appeasing God would be spending an hour in prayer, but never really talking to God. You ever done that? I have to spend an hour in prayer because I said that I would and I'm just going to appease the God, right? Appeasing the gods, that's what false religions do. We throw people in the volcano to appease the God, right? God says, I don't want to be appeased. I want to be loved. This is where the old covenant following God's law was completely insufficient, You see, God doesn't want to be appeased. He wants to be pleased. He wants to be pleased. God is looking for people who do things for him because they understand his heart. That's called faith. Doing things for him. Who want to follow his ways to please him. Let me ask you, wives... How does it feel when your husband does something for you to keep you from being angry at him? Makes you feel like a monster, doesn't it? He only did that because I'd get mad at him? Makes you feel like a monster. And guys, let me say this. There are a couple of ways you can take out the trash. Well, three. One, you could have the kids do it. Let's lay lay that one aside. If you've got to do something for your wife, you can either do it begrudgingly and angrily, where you go, oh, she never takes the trash out. And you can appease her to keep her from being angry. Or you can please her and let her see that you love her. There's two different ways, right? Ladies, there are two ways to take care of your husband's favorite need. I don't want to get into what his favorite need is today. I'll let you figure that one out. And let me say this, the only men that enjoy being appeased with his favorite need are sadistic and they'll hurt you. But if you've got a guy that just is looking to be pleased, that's a whole different relationship. That you'll take care of him, that you'll love him. If your husband or your wife is your obligation to appease, you're missing love. And you need to ask yourself, why? Why don't I want to please him anymore? Why don't I want to please her anymore? But if you want passion in your relationship, start trying to please them. And it's the same thing in our relationship with God. You see, God wants a passionate 
relationship with you. He wants you to see him for who he really is. He wants you to understand what he likes and what he doesn't like. And he's not some God that's just waiting for people to say the magic words, to rub the lamp just right. He's not waiting for any of that. He's waiting for somebody that will say, God, I hear you. I see what you've said, and, and I like it, and I, I choose to like it. I choose to obey you. I choose to love you. I choose to show you that I like you, and I want to have this relationship with you, and I will spend the rest of my life developing that relationship with you. And when I fail, when I mess up, I promise you I will trust you to keep coming back and trusting in, in your goodness. You see, your steps of faith, when you do them in love, God takes note. God listens and he goes, wow, this person is getting it. They're hearing me. They love me. They like me. Listen, this is the whole thing about the story of Job. God was like, that man, Job, loves me. He takes steps of faith all of the time because he knows me. He's, he's, he's believed in me for who I am and he does things my way. It's awesome. You see, God wants that kind of a relationship with you. James David, would you come? Hebrews chapter 11, we'll, we'll close with this. By an act of faith, an act of faith, Enoch did something based on his belief. He took a step of faith. And look at this. By an act of faith, Enoch skipped death completely. Did you know that? There are two guys in the Bible, two humans in the Bible, Elijah and Enoch. It didn't face death. Enoch skipped death completely. He didn't have to go through some dying process. He didn't fall off a cliff. He didn't get ran over by a camel. He missed death. They looked all over and couldn't find him because God had taken him. We know on the basis of reliable testimony, that means eyewitness testimony, that before he was taken... He pleased God. Man, don't you wish you knew what that was? He didn't appease God. He didn't say, God, you're some horrible monster that needs to be appeased. He pleased God. It is impossible to please God apart from faith. And why? Because anyone who wants to approach God must believe both that He exists and that He cares enough to respond to those who seek Him. So what is he saying? He's saying Enoch performed an act of faith that said he believed good things about God. What is he saying here? This is key. Here's the key here. He says, number one, you have to believe he exists. What does that mean? That he is God, that he likes and does all of the things that he does. This is God. You've got to believe that he exists. He created all the things that God said that he did. You believe that. And he says, number two, you must believe that he cares enough to respond to you. He cares enough to respond to you. What is he talking about? You've got to believe that he's a good God. That he cares. That he's a loving God. You've got to believe that. That he's a caring God, a merciful God. You've got to believe that. 
That's acts of faith. Now listen, some people that I've talked to, they don't want to get involved in ministry. They don't want to do something for God. They don't want to take steps of faith. They don't want to get involved in doing something for God. Why? Because they have a wrong perception of who He is. They don't believe who He says He is. They believe that He's some harsh taskmaster. That they will be judged. Now listen, I know as a pastor, I know what the Scripture says. The Scriptures say the judgment's going to begin at the house of God. I know that. What does that mean? It means I'm going to be judged more harshly than other people. I understand that. Does that scare me? No. Why? Because I know who He is. And I don't believe He's some harsh taskmaster. Come on, this is the parable of the talents. What did he do? He gave, he gave three guys different amounts of talents, right? He gave, Jesus told this story. He gave one five, he gave another two, and he gave another one. The two went out and they took risks and they doubled it. Why? Because they believed that their, their master was a good master, right? They took risks. But the third one, he said, oh man, I better bury this because if I lose this, he's a harsh taskmaster. He reaps where he hasn't sown. This is a problem. I'm not going to, I'm too scared to go. I could lose this one talent. And he says, you know what? I'm going to bury it. What happened when he came back? The, 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 the master was like, seriously? You could have at least put it in the bank and gotten some interest off of this. What's wrong with you? Oh, I knew that you were harsh. I knew that you were this and you were that. You were going to, going to deal with me if I lost this. And he says, no, 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 no. You don't understand. The whole problem here is not whether or not you lost it. The problem is what you think about me. The problem is you think I'm some harsh taskmaster that would just rip you to shreds if you lost this. The reality is, I would have commended you if you had lost it, even if you had lost it. You tried to do something with it. And God is saying to you today, you know what? Your steps of faith are evidence that you believe I'm a good God, that you believe that I'm a loving God, that you believe, listen, I'm not up here today because I deserve it. I'm up here today because I fearfully am saying, God, I believe you're good. I believe you're loving. I believe in your forgiveness. I believe in your mercy. And I know that I'm up here today because I have faith in you, God Almighty, that you're my God and that you love me. When you step out and you do ministry, you do something for him, you do a step of faith, you're saying, God, I believe in your goodness. I believe in your goodness, not mine. I don't know about you, but I want to be the servant that says, oh God, you're so merciful and loving. You gave me a little. Here's what I did with it. I took a risk for you. Your steps of faith. Maybe today you need to take a step of faith and for once in your life you need to say, you know what, God, you are good. I choose to believe you're good. Who you say you are. Would you bow your heads? Have you accepted Christ into your life? You can believe He's a bad God all you want. You can blame all the bad in this world on Him. 
or you can accept who He says He is. It's your choice. And today, that God says, you know what, I know where you've been, I know what you've done, but man, I love you. I love you anyway. And if you'll let me into, into your life, or back into your life, you will not be disappointed. He says, I want to teach you who I am, what I like, and what I don't like. And I'll be gentle and, and patient with you. But today, just open your heart for me. And let me in. I'll begin to bring hope and peace into your heart and into your life if you'll let me. I'll bring purpose to all of the bad and meaning to your life if you'll let me. God, today we thank you for your mercy and grace. You are so good. You are so loving and you are so kind. We need you today. God, I sense that right now you're flooding into someone's heart and life. They can feel it. They can feel you. Thank you. Heal them. Make them whole. You're such a good and loving and caring God. You are the God. So today we give you thanks. God, help us as we walk out of this place today to walk out in hope and faith, doing the things that you like and abstaining from the things that you don't like. Help us, we pray in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father.